tuned in to Muscle Car Radio. Welcome to Muscle Car Radios. I'm Harry Christian, your host uh, for episode number two for the year. Tonight I have with me Jason Brownlee and special guest Mark Edwards. Welcome, boys. Hello, Hazza. How are you? I'm well. How you going, mate? Very well, thanks, Mark. Mark is a bit of a. Uh, we've got a bit of a different theme going on today. We're talking electric cars, uh, not specifically Teslas, but EVs generally. Mark is a, somewhat of an uh, aficionado when it comes to these sort of things. He was an early adopter, is what we call them in the um, in the IT industry. And uh, Jason's going to wind him up and tell him all. About- Although, Jace, I reckon you're a bit of a turncoat tonight, mate. I got a message from you earlier. You did. Yeah. You did. Uh, quote, Mark. Mm-hmm. I've just witnessed in the flesh a Tesla. Planted off the lights. Shit, expletive, expletive, expletive. <laughs> that is the quickest thing I have ever seen. Combustion engines are finished. You, mate, you are a turncoat. Uh, well, look, I may be, but I just, I literally saw the, the future in, in front of my eyes. And the reason why I say that is because I was actually standing, as I said, mm-hmm. in a set of lights. The guys planted this car off, off the lights, yeah. which we've all done. And this thing moved like i have never seen in my life yes it was silent it was quiet uh-huh. there was no noise smoke or anything Did else you exhaust but the way it moved mm-hmm. i just went it was ferrari plus porsche oh. type performance and amazing yeah they won't they won't stand a chance <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's it really they they just don't because you had a Porsche in days gone by, right? You had you were a bit of a nine two eight sort of. A yeah, I had a nine two eight GT that yep. a dro- drove as a daily driver for sixteen years. Mm. Yeah. Well, I tell you, the, the one experience I've had is you know Len, who I, I work with, Len Panisi, who used yep. to run HGT. His son worked for Tesla when they were at St Leonard's down near um, in Sydney here, and one time he bought one of these things home, and he said, "Come over, mate, have a look at this thing, uh, check it out." So I've gone around to his place, and we've gone down the back of um, back of by the railway station or whatever. And he got me in the front seat of this thing. Quiet as, it's just wonderful. All you could, all you could hear was the rubber on the road, of course, mm. and just the, you know, the stones trickling as it uh, was uh, preparing to launch. And he put it in this thing, Mark, called ludicrous mode. What's that about, mate? Ludicrous mode is basically the go fast, go fast section. Anyway. It's like it's like launch control, but now there's a later version of of ludicrous mode that has something called a cheetah stance, mm-hmm. and it basically lowers the, the front of the car and gets the car ready like a cheetah just before it absolutely launches. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, well, it, uh, But it warms the battery, gets everything ready to go. So, so we've played with uh, some cars over the years. I was going to say it's like power mode in the old VL. <laughs> That's right, yeah, in the old Camira. <laughs> anyway, so Turning we, the air we, conditioning We've played a little bit with drag cars over the years and had a bit of fun with, you know, in uh, Super Sedan or whatever. And, you know, you feel these things launch. But I have felt nothing like this Tesla. I think it was a Tesla S. It was one of the early cars. This thing was just lightning. Mate, I felt my face... Uh, on the headrest of the car. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, jeez, <laughs> off we went. Anyway, so we're going to talk cars, and then we're going to have Leo Curry join us later, Leo and Dave Frake. So these boys are GDHO aficionados, and uh, Leo is a bit of a collector. He's going to tell us a, a little bit about the latest in his collection and when a couple of the race cars that uh, he's uh, added to his stable. Uh, David, of course, is of GT Performance fame, parts guy. If you want to get your uh, GT, you know, original parts, reproduction parts, whatever you're doing with Falcon GTs, GDHOs, etc., Dave is your man. He runs a business called GT Performance down in Melbourne. These guys uh, recently went went around Australia in the Phase 3 Odyssey. Do you remember that, Jason? Yes, I do. Mm. I do indeed. It was uh, a fantastic initiative which which they went on and it was very impressive. 
Very impressive. Mate, not only did they take genuine phase three GDHOs and cane them around Australia, they had the time of their lives, and they're going to go one better, they reckon. They want to do a round-the-world trip in 80 days. So I don't know how they're going to do this, but the idea is they're going to take a car or two, get all the right permits, and basically go from Europe across the continent of Asia and what have you, and then just drop down into um, Australia, then across into... I, I, They'll be all right in the States. Um, <laughs> don't know about Kazakhstan. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I don't have any 351 parts that I'll have in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, action-packed and we're going to have a bit of fun. So, mate, what's the update, uh, Jase? We've got uh, IndyCar, we've got supercars, Formula One. It's all happening. All right. Um, so, very, very brief for everybody. On the, on the, the weekend, uh, we had Scotty McLaughlin had his first formal race in IndyCar. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Scotty's New Zealander, we still... Yeah, when New he's Zealanders, he's an Aussie when they're winning. Yeah, that's right. When New Zealanders accept of the, successful, we we take them on board as Aussies. Split ends. Russell Crowe, you know, another <laughs> good example. That's our supporter, uh, no good. Right? <laughs> he started twelfth uh, in the race. I actually watched uh, the race. He did quite well. There's a lot of drama in it, as they always are in, in those races. These cars, uh, the, the Indy cars, are actually flying. Right, they're they're doing a uh, hundred and. 30 or 230 miles an hour, which is just unbelievable speeds compared to even for V8 supercars. Mm. And he's a rookie this year, obviously. And the interesting thing about this is, is that he's a rookie in a year where, have a guess, who else is a rookie? Rojan Grosjean, who's a Formula One driver from last year. Jimmy Johnson, seven times NASCAR winner, is also a rookie in Vertecomers. And so he's uh, in very esteemed company in the championship, not only with the, you know, we've got people like Will Power. So pretty and, competent rookies by the sounds of it. That's right. They've been around the block a couple of times. Yeah. So he started 12th, finished 13th. Um, he's got, another, there's another race on, on this week, coming weekend. I think he's actually going to go really well over yeah. there um, because he he's talented, right? There's absolutely no doubt this guy is a superstar. Yeah. And look, he, he's probably... I even think as much as there's a lot of people out there I might disagree with me and uh, I don't mean any offence to you, Lounsey, when I say this. <laughs> I actually think that he might be pushing the envelope even in terms of Craig Lounsey. I think he's That's right up rap. there. In terms of the best, one of the best drivers this country's ever or this region yep. has ever produced. Now, what about our, in reverse, our Aussie representative in Formula One wanting to come and race a Bathurst car? He was, I, I read during the week, right? Yes, correct. Ricardo. Yeah, he Ricardo. Did. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's got, he drives for McLaren and he's that's got connections back into Walkinshaw, uh, United Andretti here. So there is an opportunity for that to happen because there's a connection um, between the teams if the dates and everything, and also with, obviously now mm. with COVID. Uh, if everything syncs up, I don't see a reason why, you know, at least in maybe not this year, but in the next coming years, yep. that why that shouldn't happen. Uh, well, and I think it'd be fantastic because you know, the thing about uh, the Formula One guys is they seem to be able to transition into other uh, forms of, of motorsport. Oh, it's a bit like playing uh, first grade and then uh, being asked to play on the reserves, mate. You're yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct, correct. Absolutely. It's identical in terms mm. of that in that regard. Bathurst is probably a little bit harder of a track to start off with. He, he will go quite well. And the interesting thing is is that Russell Ingle yeah. uh, and King Brock, of Bingle. Uh, that's right. <laughs> the, <laughs> king of, the King of Bingle. Russell Ingle. Um, he's actually uh, joined. Now, he's come out of retirement yep. and he's uh, driving with Brock Feeney for uh, Super Cheap Auto, mm-hmm. which is a te- uh, basically a satellite team which is associated with Triple Eight Racing. Yep. So quite a good car, good 
team, good sponsor, which is also a bit of a needle, I think, for because Repco took over the sponsorship of Bathurst. So now you're going to have a super cheap car. You should see the car. It's just red. With super cheap on it. <laughs> so there's no doubt that it's a super yeah, cheap yeah. auto. There's no missing it, right? That's right. <laughs> well, you, uh, you don't know if it's a Ford or a Holden, but hey, it's a super cheap car. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but Brock Feeney is, uh, he's been circulating around the Triple Eight team too, because of now getting a bit more in depth. Jamie Wincup, for people who don't know, is uh, retiring at the end of this year from V8 Supercars to take over from Roland Dane, uh, as in the team manager for Triple Eight Engineering. Massive role for for Jamie, and there's not a lot more for Jamie to achieve in yeah. V8 Supercar racing in Australia, right? He's he's a seven time champion. He's won Bathurst multiple times. Mm-hmm. He's still competitive. Probably lost that little bit of the edge, and but I get that as well in terms of because he doesn't have anything more to prove. Yeah. But he's now uh, handing the reins over to somebody else. Brock Feeney is is in that frame. Uh, Roland Danes commented that there's Brock and another five other drivers that are in that space to, yeah. to fill to fill the gap for Jamie. That's all fantastic, and thank you very much for the update. To quote you, as you the message you sent me earlier, combustion engines are finished. Is yes. what you said to me. Yeah. When are we going to have uh, electric cars going around in supercar? Mate? What's the story there? Is is that a, is that something that's going to happen? Look, to be honest, they're going into the Gen three in for 2022. Generation three will be Camaros and Mustangs. Mm. Look, they're obviously not going to do it then, but I think probably Gen 4, it won't be full electric, but they'll be doing something like a hybrid. Like a Toyota Camry or something. Like, well, <laughs> like, like the cab, cab you got in. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe I should ask Mark and say, Mark, we're concerned. Mm-hmm. Electric is all very well, but what about the noise? What about the smell? What about the, the texture? What about the burning of the ice, mate? Well, you still, you still get the, the smell from burning rubber. Okay. Right. Yeah, you, still get the, you still get the squealing from burning rubber. Mm-hmm. The real beauty of, of the silence, so you get in the road electric car, right, is that you can nail it away from a set of lights and you don't attract any attention, mm. right? So earlier on you were saying about seeing a, seeing a Tesla launch. You saw that. The cop around the corner didn't, right? Half the people around the road didn't. And no alarms being set off because of uh, mm. vibration from the exhaust, right? No. It's not so, the same though, mate. You've got to hear those dual pipes. And, so, and, and so, by the way, did it outrun any SRT or anything that the cops have got? <laughs> oh, he's thrown down the gauntlet. Is that right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, well. the, a people, a, the, the current performance, performance model S is 2.4 to 2.5 seconds, 0 to 100. Wow, yeah. that is phenomenal. Now, you've got one. What do you drive? You have one of the originals, right? I've, I've got an early S85 that I, that I bought in. Or I ordered it in 2012, mm. took delivery in 2014. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. A <laughs> few, few minor issues yeah. there with, with <laughs> delivery. But well, yeah. what, I, the battery well, or the charger. But Hank, can we talk about the elephant in the room yes. with mm-hmm. electric vehicles? Okay, so especially this is especially pertinent to Australia. Now, I've got a number of views on this if the government wants to support electric vehicles in Australia. But the, the elephant in the room is, let's go for a drive from here to Dubbo. No problem. No problem. No problem. Did it three weeks ago. And how much juice what, you went to Dubbo? Yeah. No, don't ask the question, like, what for? But <laughs> <laughs> was, Why would you need to go to Dubbo? I, <laughs> I just picked Dubbo randomly. Canberra or what? Dubbo. <laughs> no, no, what do you go to Dubbo? No, Sorry, Dubbo. The, the reason why, because it's a six-hour drive. Yeah. But, okay, so how much juice was left in the battery when you got to Dubbo? When I got to Dubbo, it was about 20%. Oh, okay. And you didn't fill up on the way? I did. You'd, ah, okay. So. Because there's a, there is infrastructure all the way, so there's superchargers on the way. 
Okay, so that, I, I get that, but that that's sort of leading to my point, right? For, for in in Australia, is if you're traveling big which brown we, land, right? Which we do. Mm-hmm. We travel if we go we jump in a car and we travel long distances. distances. Yes. Now I know a lot of us will go. Yes, we'll go to Dubbo and we'll go to. Melbourne, right? Well, I'm sure there's place, even my hometown in Young, yep. there's, there's an NRMA place where you can plug your car in. Because mm-hmm. I've done some investigation. So Jaguar, for example, with the iPace, will give you free electricity for the term of the warranty of the vehicle, yes. things like that. But it's if you go off the beaten track, so to speak, then so it, you know, it, it's interesting, and it is an issue, but not as big an issue as what a lot of people think. So we la or two years ago we did the eastern seaboard and then all the way down uh, the Great Ocean Road in my car, and there was only one supercharger, like one Tesla supercharger or high speed charger, the entire trip. And what we were doing because we were on holidays is that we drove to accommodation that had a charger in it, charged up overnight. Mm-hmm. And then drove and stopped somewhere for lunch and topped up the car while we had lunch. Now, look, I, I'm not overly fussed about that, Jason. To be honest with you, mate, because I think as things evolve and obviously the more infrastructure is put in place, mm. more charging stations. Mm. Look, we are a big country. We're the size of Europe, and there's just shy of 30 million of us. It is a big place mm. and large distances to cover. But I think the economies of scale. It's like it's like videotape recorders, mate. You know, nobody wanted one. They cost two grand when you first bought them. Now you then they threw them away, right? Yeah. In, as as the technology is being adopted, I think more and more infrastructure will roll out. It goes without saying. But I, no, I would no, imagine I, that's not an issue. Uh, my concern is, yeah. what about the impacts on the environment as opposed to, let's say, oil consumption? A lot of people tell me it's a no-brainer, but then I hear stories about, yeah, but they've got a mine for the, the stuff that makes the batteries and the lithium or whatever it is and what have you. I know, I know you're, you're smiling, but we're laymen here, mate. We, oh, we, yeah, I get yeah, it. I get it. it. And there's a, there's a lot of FUD, right? There is a lot of FUD out there. The reality of it is the, the, the biggie they talk about is cobalt. Right, yeah. because they, they that's an emotional one that they say, oh, these poor kids at the bottom of mines. Uh, what they don't tell you is that the biggest consumer of cobalt is um, oil refineries mm. to refine oil. We've got plenty of lithium. Right? We're not going to run out of that. The manufacturing uses a little bit more energy when you make an EV, but it uses a hell of a lot less when you drive it. Right, So over the, over the course of its lifestyle or lifetime, it uses a hell of a lot less resources than what a petrol car or a diesel ever will, right. right? It's a no-brainer from that point of view. The other thing to consider is that the the elements that go into making these things, they don't wear out mm-hmm. per se. The, the car may, weigh, may wear out, but the lithium's still in the battery, right? The cobalt's still in the battery. The nickel's still in the battery. Whatever you build it with is still there. Yeah. And when you end up with a lot of these things, you're going to find comp- companies that are mining and recycling these batteries in the cars because the concentration of these elements that you need to build the batteries is going to be a million times greater mm. in the battery than it is in the raw dirt that you dig up to, to mine the stuff in the yeah. first place. So what I think the general population don't realise is that major, major corporations in the motoring world, such as Ford and GM in the United States, mm-hmm. have made announcements and said, in 2030, we won't sell anything other than electric cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's... Not Major. that far away, yeah, right? Yeah, it's in our lifetime. Nine, right? nine years. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's whether we like it or not, we will be buying an electric car at some point in the near future. How is that going to impact a lot of our listeners 
blokes like me, uh, like our guests that are coming up, you know, Dave and, and Leo, who are right into their, you know, 71 GDHO Falcons and their muscle cars and whatever. I mean, I, I'm guessing we will still refine to a degree, and there will be a, a transition period, but I'm guessing yeah. they will still refine for, fuels for, yeah. It's a generational thing, right? So we grew up with, you know, Dick Johnson with True Blue versus Peter Brock in, in, in the VC mm. Commodore, right? And we love that. And that's not going to change. So you're saying we've gone horse and cart, gasoline, now we're EV and just it's, it's, it's like, inevitable, do, right? Do I or you drive a, a, you know, a VC Commodore now? No, we don't. We like it. Would we like to have one in the garage? Sure. Nostalgia, right? Absolutely. Yeah, of course we would. But it's like as your everyday drive – it's yeah. going to move on. What about the, what about the batteries of these things, Mark? I mean, we, people want to know. Yeah, you know, everybody's got their video recorder battery. Mm. And look, I'm going to go. I'm going to be. I'm going to be the complete uh, dope here. And you've got your, your the batteries in your mobile phone. You've got your batteries in your da da da. They eventually they wear out. Right. So, yeah. what is the Good story? Point. And what are we talking life cycle generally for an EV? So, really depends on the EV. Right, the original Nissan Leafs had a bit of a problem, mm-hmm. right? Because they just used an air-cooled battery, mm-hmm. and it wasn't thermally managed, and they degraded pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? It didn't help that they left them in a warehouse at thirty-something degrees, right, for ages, <laughs> for months on end either. If you have a look at the deterioration that we're seeing across the board in Tesla, um, and I'm using that because it's got the most data and it's most tracked, mm-hmm. the deterioration of the battery is minimal. In most cases, the, the battery is going to outlast the car. And the way that the technology is going, the car that you buy in a few years' time, the batteries are, are, are looking to, to last for something like a million miles. Wow. So there's a company in the US called Tesloop that run a, a limo service in between LA and Vegas. And they drive backwards and forwards constantly just uh, supercharging, uh, supercharging the Teslas. And they've put 500,000 miles onto a Tesla. Jeez. So is there – do you think there's going to be an opportunity for – literally for you to take your car in, mm-hmm. the dealership, to get a new Tesla and literally replace the battery? I would say no. The technology in my car, right, is such that the battery, you can – they actually uh, can do a hot swap on them or hot swap, a quick swap on the battery the way it was designed. The way the technology is moving though – um, is that the batteries are going to be an integrated part of the car, mm-hmm. right? You, you will. Base, so, it's like, so it's like an iPhone, basically. It's like an iPhone. The whole the whole battery is built in. It's part of the car, and it's designed to so outlast gonna, the so car. So it's going to have. So it's going to have a certain life. Uh, It'll have a life. Yeah, a life but the, but if you if you're looking at the way that they're designing these things, they're looking at it so that so that the battery will outlast the rest of the car. So you, so your car being one of the originals, mm-hmm. let's say in thirty or forty years' time, you you know, and it becomes a classic. It becomes the GDHO of Teslas in years to come, and uh, it's worn and it's got a million miles on it or whatever the case may be, kilometres. And somebody wants to restore it, like we would, um, you know, hold Monaro or a, or an RT charge or something like that. No go. Is th- disposable? No, I don't. I don't think it'll be disposable. I think you'll be able to get parts for it because I think the parts will be so ubiquitous. Mm. Um, mm. You'll, you'll put an aftermarket battery in it. There'll, there'll be people doing things to make the, – the way that hot rods used to uh, used to get parts for hot rodding cars. Like anything, right? Yeah. Like anything, right? People always want to go faster. Well, I mean, oh, speaking of which, now, you, now you've woken me up. What about this mob in the States? I, I, I logged on the other day. They're taking old Ford Mercuries, old Ford Mustangs, uh, old school, uh, yeah. you know, steel-bodied – Classics relics, and, yep. yeah, and they're basically um, 
They're making them uh, electric cars. Yep. So much so that even open the bonnet and there it is. You've got your, your V8 engine cover, but underneath lurks... There's not, a, not much different than a, than a Tesla, right? And yeah, these things are just gorgeous. There's a company doing that here in Sydney and uh, in the Northern Beaches. Mm. They're taking old Land Rovers. Right. And well, they need they need to be well, retrofitted. Sorry. sorry, Land Rover. <laughs> sorry, Land Rover fans. So with, with, Don't be. With <laughs> Land Rovers, the only thing that was working functional after a few years was the body. So they're taking the body right. and uh, replacing it all with... Batteries yeah. and, and electronics. So it's, um, oh, I think it's great. It's fantastic because it's reusing uh, parts that keep working. That's what's happening with a lot of the rec DVs that you see around the yeah. place. They're being pulled apart for, for exactly that. Right, people want the batteries out of them. They transplant them into um, into other vehicles. Cost of these things, right? So mm-hmm. I know Tesla is definitely on the upper uh, part of the. Um, not for long. No. Okay. So entry level for Tesla seventy k. Okay, that's not. I'm under, still. That's not, yeah. I'm still and questioning American build quality. Yeah. Well, they're not all built in the US. And where are they built? So Tesla has a factory in the US, a factory in China. Another factory in, in Germany that's about to come online and another one in Texas. They will have four factories by the or in a couple of months' time. The car if you were to go and buy a Model Three, uh, Tesla Model Three in Australia now, it would come out of China. Here's a question for you. What about um uh, you've got the car, you need to charge it at home, obviously it comes with the whole charger pack and what have you. Easily accessible, easy to sort really, of... Really easy. Yeah. That, that's one of the biggest misnomers with mm-hmm. these things. People think that you need a high, high-speed high charger at home or you need something special. All you need is a 10-amp power point. Right. So most people drive 30, 40 k's a day. They don't drive. Don't actually drive further than that. You're working back and the occasional take the kids to soccer training or whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah, so some days you may do 80 k's. Yep. My car, which is not that efficient will charge from a normal power point at 10 kilometres an hour. Right, okay. So overnight, it's 80 k's, right? What does that cost you uh, in electricity? I know you've gone the whole, you know, um, recyclable electricity and you've got the solar panels and you're so doing sort of I, it. But- I charge my car using off-peak electricity, right? Right. In the 928, I was spending 100 bucks a week on petrol mm-hmm. and that was, what, four, about six years ago. Yeah. I went to spending $100 a quarter. Wow. But how good's the 928? Yeah, <laughs> you haven't got the noise, man. I don't give a shit what you say. You don't have the. But my 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 neighbours don't know what I'm going and going anymore. The neighbours don't know I thought that at the time. I went, what the hell was Porsche doing? But now in hindsight, I look back at the 928 and go, that's car is amazing. Oh, listen, mate, that's mm-hmm. a 120 wise. It become classics. Don't worry about it. Everything's classic. <laughs> that's Sam, right. You've been listening to Muscle Car Radio. Mark, very informative. We're going to come back. Jace, thanks very much. And we're going to talk to Leo and catch up, of course, with Dave and talk GDHOs, get a bit of rumble happening. So welcome back to Muscle Car Radio. It's Harry Christian here. We've been talking electric cars. I don't know, mate. There's too much noise for electric cars. I just can't get my head around it, Jase. No, I'm, I'm, as much as I hate to say it, Hazard, I'm, I'm with you there uh, in terms of a technology that's sort of… But 
potentially passing me by. Look, it's got to happen, right? We can't keep caning the um, the environment and blah, blah, blah. Everybody talks about it. And manufacturers have said that they're going away from these things, so it's inevitable, right? What I want to know is how do we get our rocks off on the weekend uh, racing? They're talking about – I heard something about Formula E or something like that. What's, what's that about? There's uh, a Formula E series. Mm-hmm. Um, e which is electric. Which is electric. Of course, we also have – the, the Formula One cars, mm-hmm. which also have a, a, a hybrid type option, and uh, I look, it's inevitable that all forms of motorsport will be moving towards this. Mark, what do you reckon, mate? Look, you're, you're going to see it. It's right? going to happen in I mean, our lifetime. Absolutely, yeah, it's, not, it's not now, mate. Absolutely, and I'm an old bugger, but it's happening, <laughs> right? But- well, I don't know. If I can't either throw the you know downdraft of a full barrel on a in a, in a in a Ford Clevo through a top loader and that dual exhaust going, I don't know, mate. I don't know. But, but it, it does happen. become a bit like you know you're watching Mr. Doctor Smith from Lost in Space, right? There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of hand waving, but not a lot happening. A question for you: Can I get an option on my Tesla or my Mitsubishi? What do they call the Mitsubishi version? How much do these things cost, by the way? What's a cheap entry level into an EV now? The cheapest EV yeah. you can buy is about fifty k. Okay, so it's so it's doable. So can I get an option where I can have the sound coming through the uh, stereo yes. system so I can mimic? Sadly, like that? sadly, some of the manufacturers <laughs> do are do. doing that from the factory, <laughs> so you can hear you can hear a V eight coming through that, the stereo. No, no, that technology's actually been out for quite a while with Ford. Yeah. God, God bless Ford. Uh, once again, head of the curve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Henry it, did say it. <laughs> that's right. It is uh, so everybody knows I'm a Ford supporter. Um, <laughs> of course you are. That, Never uh, with the, the Ford. No, he's not. He's a rock man from way. <laughs> no, no, the, the the Ford Focus actually had uh, a built-in Ford Focus. You've lost me there, mate. I'm no, moving no, on. <laughs> no, wait. In terms of the the, the RS, yeah. uh, okay. they they had inbuilt system in, into the uh, car stereo system yeah. where so you do, could mimic sort of uh, so high do, performance sound. Correct. So does BMW. They, uh, they, they, they've got a fake noise inside the car because they make a crappy right. noise I, I outside. Know. So that's what will happen. You don't know what you're watching, what you're listening to these days. It's all getting too. Hard. So you'll be planning the. The no. Tesla off the lights. No. There'll be silence outside and inside. You'll be hearing. Yeah, that'll do me. I'm going to uh, cross now to a couple of uh, real old school guys <laughs> that have got some real old metal. So uh, on the show, we've got Leo Curry, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his collection of GDHOs, and he's got a couple of brand newbies uh, into his uh, into his stable. So Leo will tell us all about that. And we've got Dave Frake. So Dave is uh, he's one of the originals. So Dave's been around forever and a day in the uh, Ford scene. He runs a business called GT Performance down in Melbourne. So if you want to get your bits for your uh, restoration or whatever it is, Dave's your man. Welcome, boys. Leo and Dave. Hey, there you go, mate. Good, mate. Now, listen, boys, um, before we get into it, and uh, Leo, I want to hear about your, the latest addition to the stable because you've got a few of these uh, GDHOs and you've got a few of these race cars. I want to hear about the Phase 3 Odyssey, mate. What is the story there? Because uh, we spoke about it briefly some other time, but uh, you went around Australia with Dave, a group of guys in your genuine Phase 3s and had a hoot. Tell us about it. Yeah, so the journey started sometime around 2018. We tossed around a little, and it was getting close to the Judy Nationals, and and Dave and I decided that it'd be nice to go for a drive the long way around. So we decided to do that, and a year later to the day, just about we couldn't trans- cross any any borders between states <laughs> with uh, right. what happened. So funny enough, sometimes you got to do things when you can. We're here again, and and I'm, I've just heard what you guys were talking about electric cars. When are we going to? be able to just not be allowed to do this. I mean, if the electric cars come in, are they going to give us restrictions when we can drive them, how we can drive them, how often we can drive them, fuel. So 
yeah, if they start it, that process, I mean, we may not be able to do that in the future. I, I, I don't think they're going to ban you from doing it, mate. I, I, I think what's more likely to happen is that the availability of buying the fuel is just going to get a bit harder. That's more likely to happen than anyone banning you. Or more expensive. And also yeah, phasing yeah. out of the likes of, you know, uh, diesel fuel for transportation. It's going to take mm-hmm. a long time. Certainly it'll, certainly there'll be a period of phasing out. There'll of, be a, it'll, it'll phase in and out. What will happen, though, is it'll happen faster than what a lot of people think. Mm. Once it starts to move, right, then transport will go electric very quickly. Mm. But I don't see that as, as being you can't drive the, the petrol car anymore unless you live in somewhere like in Europe where they're already banning it. You, right in some of the cities. The situation with that is is that, and, and we've already seen it, in terms of we think that we are in control, as in a nation, Australia is in control of its destiny. No, we're not. Yeah, but right? uh, Leo poses the question for, as, a, as, a, as a collector and as an enthusiast, right? I am of the belief that there will always be, albeit a little bit more expensive because when yeah, I'm driving yeah. them on Sunday anyway. They're not going to get rid of they'll, petrol. They'll always refine some type of Correct. fuel for use for the enthusiast, for the industry. It's not just going to go away you all could, of a sudden yeah. because GM has said by 2030 we're not You producing. can see it now, right? They're going to have petrol stations for – Oh, look, we're talking thirty years, right? Yeah. I would say. Yeah. What's the, what's the quality? You're going to be like that. Well, that's right. So the, the quality probably will be very good, but you'll be paying a top lot, dollar, a lot per litre. That's the that'll be no that, that'll be no problem for you, Davey. I tell you, all those parts you've sold out of G two Performance, mate, you've done all right. You'd be able to pay for the fuel. <laughs> mate, <laughs> I, I won't be worried about the cost of the fuel because I'll be having a tanker going ahead of us, fuel up in the morning, fuel up in the morning, we'll take off and when we stop and uh, have dinner and have a few beers and relax, the tanker driver will be going way past us and then we meet him up again in <laughs> the morning. For the- you might just run it on E1, E100, mate. If anyone can do it, these boys can do it, believe me. It's going to, it's going to be like, you know, I can just see it now, like in you know, 30, 40 years' time when a GTHO drives past, it's going to be like a Spitfire flying in the sky. It'll be like, right. It'll be like oh, everybody like, wow. Yeah, so, uh, look, I'm all, I, I want to hear a little bit more. So the Phase 3 Odyssey, and, and we'll we'll post details on the, and, and the website and people can go and have a look at what you guys did travelling around Australia in these gorgeous old classic cars and meeting people along the way. I've heard a little bit of a vicious rumour, uh, Leo, that you are, uh, with Dave, uh, I don't know, with Dave or otherwise, uh, looking to embark on around the world in 80 days in a GDH show. Now, is that just a pipe dream? Is it? I mean, if anyone can make it happen, I guess you boys can, but am I hearing false rumours here or is it something you guys are thinking, on, uh, thinking about? I mean, Harry, I just finished putting together an African GT and Dave and I, Dave said, oh, I've got a hunting trip up up the top end of Australia. So I'll come up and go up in an old Land Cruiser. So the other day after get, coming back from driving the two race cars down to Geelong and back, uh, we'll talk back about those to, in a minute. Uh, their yeah. base, I walked past this blue, sapphire blue rhino with a black bond. I looked at it and I go, why am I going to go in that? We'll just do this. So Dave and I are going to drive straight up the middle of Australia through the bush and basically through the old dirt roads Fantastic. all the way to the top, uh, probably in July. And that's a precursor to get the car right because that's the sort of terrain that the car will be driving when we do go around basically most of the planet. When you say going around the planet, where are you going to start where are you going to go through, and what's the idea? Are you going to sort of mimic the whole rally thing that happened to London to Sydney? I think it was the London well, back in the not day. Not really. We're just going to. The idea 
is basically to keep driving until we're told we can't go there. We have to go back. So we start off probably most likely in South Africa uh, or, you know, somewhere around there. And then then we drive to the top end of Russia along the way, Chernobyl, all the places that we would like to see. Fantastic. Nothing planned. (laughs) Uh, you're going too, Dave. Chernobyl. Chernobyl sounds like yeah, Chernobyl sounds good. Yeah, that's right. You won't need the headlights on the I mean, car. That might give the Judy H.O. a bit of a spark. That's right. <laughs> you, you know, the funny thing is, as crazy as it sounds, it's possible. Well, mate, no, it is. What, it's been done before. It was done way back when, when there were more restrictions and the world was a smaller place as far as access. I mean, they did that whole London to Sydney sort of uh, rally back in the day of the XTGTs, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, good old XTGTs. Uh, have you still got yours, mate? Yes, look, still on no, mine, mate. Not a problem. Have. Had it since I was twenty-one. Good for you. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, they did it back in the day. So uh, once all these restrictions are lifted, I guess this. Why wouldn't you? I mean, uh, and, and what a fantastic documentary that would make, Jace. Imagine that. Absolutely. In a GTO, uh, in a GT, uh, Africa, Asia, through Europe, down to Australia. Oh, that's what I was just going to ask the guys. You know, do they have any uh, filming rights already signed up? And we, we might be able to sort something out for. Them. <laughs> No, I think Leo's got that. He's got that well sorted. Don't worry about that. Yeah, what's the commission, Harry? <laughs> hey, did someone say commission? A commission. <laughs> hey, uh, Leo. So just, uh, just you mentioned before the race cars, mate, and you were out at the Geelong uh, or Ford Day on the weekend, just gone by. You had a couple of um, new race cars that you've added to your stable. Before we get into those, tell us a little bit about, I know you've got uh, some genuine cars, and I know Dave's got a be- that beautiful yellow car that he's had forever and a day, that Phase 3. But um, you've got a couple of very interesting race cars in the stable. Tell us a little bit about those, mate, and uh, and how you came about them. So somewhere um, when we were driving around in the Odyssey, I was contacted after that by a gentleman that was the custodian of these cars for some 40 years. Him and his father owned them, and his father passed away, and he just couldn't finish putting them together. He contacted me around August, and we started communicating. So I landed back in Australia on the 23rd of somewhere around there, December 2019. Well, four days later, Dave and I were in the car. We were driving up to check the cars out and see what the story was. We subsequently bought the car, the two cars, and then I, during COVID, I spent that period of time assembling them. While we couldn't travel, all the borders were closed, and just got the cars out to where they got to get to, and then got them back. Fantastic. Probably a year, yeah, three, four, five months ago, and then they're off to be shown. Excellent. And tell us, what are we talking about specifically? What are the cars we are referring to? So I know one is an XY. Uh, GDHO with race pedigree, and one is an XW. What specifically are these cars? Okay, so they're the, the, they were the Ford Works cars, the Ford Works Phase 2 and the Ford Works Phase 3. So, yeah, I mean, the one that I've got, basically, with all the history and the, the uh, province I've got, it's a 64E, which is the Moffat Podium car. Um, a lot of people would beg to differ, but based on information and, um, you know, proof that I've got on it, it's what it is. Um, and the other one is the Gibson 66E, which is um, which is known. And then both cars have the logbooks. So when you say beg to differ, what are we talking about? Now, I know there was a little bit of controversy about what was the podium car and there were a couple of cars around the place and uh, posing around the place. What specifically are you talking about there? So there's three triple nine phase two cars and three different GL numbers. 
So for, so for folks listening out there, sorry, Leah, GL, uh, where it, the reference is to the actual chassis numbers, which begin with GL, right? Yep. Correct. Yeah. So along the way, Ford did a lot of different things with car swapping, chassis swapping, shells, tags. But we do know there's three GL numbers on three different cars. Uh, we just can't put driver to car. The only reason that I can actually put a little bit more evidence forward is the logbook states an engine change and Moffat had an engine change at Bathurst. So you have the logbook for the Moffat car that was raced on the day at Bathurst? Well, there was no such thing as a Moffat car, right? Okay. but I've got a logbook for one of the three 999 cars, which is GL3027, and in that logbook it notates an engine change. And not any normal engine change, an engine change with another works car. Got it. Okay. So for all intents and purposes, there is uh, a little bit of a uh, traceability into to your car being the podium car. Got it. Uh, so I saw, I've seen the car, and we'll post some photos. Magnificently restored, Mark. You've got to see this thing. Sounds great. Nothing electric about it, mate, except a bit of spark out of the coil, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to an old redhead, mate. Seriously. Mate, it's a great old bus. This thing. What was your first? You, you were just telling us in the break what your first car was, right? 50, 54 DeSoto. 54 DeSoto, the old... Yeah, uh, the they're very round. Three... 360 V8. V8, yeah. That wasn't, that, that wasn't the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, oh, so Leo, yeah, a bit of controversy. I get it. Um, at the end of the day, you um, had the cars on display in Geelong, the all-four day of the weekend passed. And what happened, mate? Apparently, you wowed the crowd and everybody loved them. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, the cars were all there to be viewed, uh, fully scrutinised, the whole kick caboodle. And, uh, yeah, and then we... Funny enough, we took out the best XY, HO, and then run up to the uh, XW, and then driving home, they rang us and said, you won the overall. Excellent. Which completely blew Jacob away. We Good didn't day. expect anything. So these two, uh, which are the latest addition to the stable, uh, join some other cars you've got there, right? We've got the Murray Carter Phase 3. We've got the Brian Burt Phase 3. We've got the Larry Ombudsby Drag Car. We've got the... Uh, Green's Tough, which was the uh, Andrew Harris Bruce Sheld. Oh, the XE. Thing. Have you seen that, mate? I, I know the car. That's your more your generation, Jason. Yes. You've got to see this thing, mate. It's got the original. So that car was white, painted green overnight. Yes. Yeah. That and was the one after the day. accident, right? Well, yeah, they had yeah, to yeah. because they drove it into a tree or drove but, the previous one into a tree. But, was it a tree? Or, yeah. No, it went off the road into the tree. That's right. But does it have the sheepskin cover on the on the <laughs> yeah, racing driver's seat? It still does. It still does? Yes, it does. It's still got the sheepskin cover on it. Fantastic. <laughs> See, so I know this. I know this Yeah, stuff. you do, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Anything green, you know he's a Canberra yeah. Raider supporter. By the way, I was at Bathurst that year. Were you really? Yeah. yeah when that when that got driven into the trees. Good times. That, but by the way, if you ever get a chance to re-watch that lap, that XE was so taily, it was mm-hmm. unbelievable. It's, Out of control. Uh, it was, yeah. They were cranking, weren't they? They were cranking. Tell me how the EVs are ever going to give us that buzz again, please, mate. I'm not – look. Uh, no, you, you said to me, I've just witnessed in the flesh a Tesla planted off the lights. Shit, expletive, expletive, expletive. That is the quickest thing I've ever seen. Combustion engines are finished. That's what you said to me. Correct. Can I, can and I, I don't back. I don't, I, don't, I don't back away from that statement. <laughs> but it all, I also don't back away from the fact that I love yep. my – V8s from now and from the past, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just comment on that, please? If you want to, if you want to see that sort of taily action, just turn the traction control off on an EV and watch what happens. Yeah, really. Hey, speaking of which, you know, back in the day before all this, uh, people used to take these little Datsun 
1200 utes you know and fill the back you know the fill the back with batteries and yep run an 11 second quarter mile absolutely silently white, white zombie yeah the white the white zombie that's right i remember that so there's all sorts of all sorts of uh, stuff over on uh, a lot of the stuff you'll see with EV started out with drag racing right mm-hmm. because it's it's forte right it goes very fast in a straight line very quickly excellent Leo, thanks very much for your time, mate. I really appreciate it. And Dave, thank you for uh, joining us. It's been uh, fantastic. We're going to keep you guys uh, uh, close to us and you're going to tell us a little bit more about the next Odyssey and certainly once you get down to Around the World in 80 Days and the GT. Jeez, we want to be part of that. Jason, yep. I was going to say, let's get the T-shirts, start getting them out there. Around the world in eight days. Around the, the world in eight days. Judy H.O. Hey, yeah. forget, forget, forget the T-shirt, Terry. Forget the T-shirt. <laughs> I've got to go. Sorry, is that Dave? I've got to go. I've got to go. He's, getting, he's hitting me up again. All right, yeah. boys. Thanks very much for tuning in. You're listening to Muscle Car Radio. Thanks, guys. Harry. Yeah, no thanks, worries. guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Wow, welcome back. Muscle car, fantastic boys. How good was that? Listen to the um, Leo and um, Love it. Dave tell us around the world in 80 days. Are you going to get on the bandwagon, Jace? 100%. <laughs> I've already got the T-shirts on the way. <laughs> mate, awesome. Uh, Mark, you're a wealth of knowledge, mate. I really appreciate it. We've learned all about EV cars. You haven't convinced me about yet. I'm almost there. I'm yeah, almost you there. need to drive one, mate. You yeah. need to drive one. Yeah, I know. Get, get, my, yeah, get my booty into it. But there's more beyond the Tesla, right? There's all kinds, there are all kinds of things Absolutely. Out there. There's yeah. lots coming out. Ford's doing it. Everyone's doing it. Right. 2030, a lot of mm. these manufacturers, they're just going to be making EVs. I heard trucks. I heard boats, all sorts of things. Yeah. You know, anything, anything with with a spinning sort of axle is going to have an electric motor put in front of it instead of a combustion engine, I suppose. It's inevitable, right, Chase? Correct. Anyway, it's been terrific having you, boys. Thanks, Chase. Always Thanks, a pleasure. Sir. And thank you, Mark, our special guest, Mark Edwards. Thank you. We are signing off. You've been listening to Muscle Car Radio.